2: This feels like quite a Reagan moment potentially for the UK, a sense of optimism. Liz is very focused on policy officers and getting those up and running as soon as possible.
0: What I'm
3: about is about reducing taxes, getting our economy growing, getting investment, getting new jobs for people right across the country.
4: You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts.
5: And I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, not a mini-budget by any measure, a tax cut bonanza from the Chancellor Quasi-Quarteng. We'll take you through the changes announced for
4: individuals and for companies and ask what it means for the UK economy and for the government's finances.
5: Plus, what will the changes to stamp duty mean for home buyers? We'll speak to an expert on the property market. So, not a budget, not even a mini-budget, but a fiscal
4: event. And, well... It was certainly an event. In a speech to the Commons lasting more than half an hour, New Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng set out the most radical package of tax cuts from the last
5: 50 years. As well as undoing the recent rise in national insurance and the planned hike in corporation tax, Kwarteng made cuts to stamp duty and introduced VAT-free shopping for tourists. But it was changes to income tax that were the real rabbits in the Chancellor's hat.
2: I'm not going to cut the additional rate of tax today, Mr Speaker. I'm going to abolish it altogether. From April the 23rd, we will have a a single higher rate of income tax of 40%, that we will cut the basic rate of income tax to 19 pence in April 2023, one year earlier. That means a tax cut for over 31 million people in just a few months' time. This means that we will have one of the most competitive and pro-growth income tax systems in the world.
4: So from next April, the basic rate of income tax being cut from 20 to 19% and the top
5: 45% rate, known as the additional rate, going all together. We also got more on the impact on the government's finances of the plan to support households and companies with their energy bills this winter.
2: The total cost of the energy package for the six months from October is expected to be around £60 billion. We expect the cost to come down as we negotiate new long-term energy contracts with suppliers. And in the context of a global energy crisis, Mr Speaker, it is entirely appropriate for the government to use our borrowing powers to fund temporary measures in order to support families and businesses.
4: Well, all of these tax cuts, and it's certainly a bold package, have the stated aim of increasing the UK's growth rate, the chance of setting out a new target for GDP growth.
2: High energy costs are not the only challenge confronting this country. Growth is not as high as it should be. This has made it harder to pay for public services, requiring taxes to rise. In turn, higher taxes on capital higher taxes on labour have lowered returns on investment and work, reducing economic incentives and hampering growth still further this cycle has led to the tax burden being forecast to reach the highest levels since the late 1940s, before before even her late majesty acceded to the throne. We are determined, Mr Speaker, to break that cycle. We need a new approach for a new era, focused on growth. Our aim over the medium term is to reach a trend rate of growth of 2.5%.
5: Okay, plenty to unpack there. We've got our UK economy reporters, David Goodman and Philip Aldrich, in studio with us. Uh, Philip, starting with you, we were promised tax cuts and we got them. How big a change is this to the UK's tax system?
3: It's, it's huge. I, I think Paul Johnson at the Institute of Fiscal Studies says this is the biggest uh, tax-cutting budget since 1972. Um, uh, you know, We didn't expect the additional rate to be cut from 45 to 40p. Um, that is something that the Tories have wanted to do. For years, George Osborne wanted to do it. Um, so you're going right back. But uh, they just never f- felt bold enough to. And I mean, you've you got to say that it's remarkably brave to be doing it in the current environment where you know we're technically in a recession if you believe the bank of england and um we've got soaring inflation and the markets just um are losing faith so it's 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 pretty huge and of course there's the the basic rate was cut as well so i mean particularly for top earners this is going to be a real uh, giveaway
4: yeah and philip beyond those bold big cuts to or big changes to to, to income tax a lot of other tax changes as well on, on the corporate side and stamp duty
3: yeah. So um, well, yeah. So you've got the corporation tax um, uh, plan to to raise it to twenty five percent. That's been scrapped. The banks did not get a change in their um, uh, there's a bank surcharge which is actually going back to eight percent. It was going to be reduced. So so they don't get any particular change there. But there's there's an investment allowance that um, uh, was going to be dropping to two hundred thousand for so a tax free amount uh, that you could as a business spend on building. And plants and machinery etc that's going up to 1 million so uh, th- there are definitely uh, some you know proper kickers there for business and obviously stamp duty is good for the house builders as their, sh- as their share price so doubling in the uh, uh, threshold to two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. um is going to be helpful to the house builders
5: um david on the spending front we knew the big items already about this the energy package obviously for households and businesses a massive amount of, of public money quasi-quarting saying it'll cost 60 billion for six months but the household cap set to last for two years how, how clear a picture do we have about the spending side of all of this?
6: Well I think it's it's pretty murky and that's part of the kind of gamble they're taking here that yes we've got this estimate for, for the next expense as you say but beyond that it's all to do with other the markets go and, and also a bit about how the government can negotiate prices but like the energy market obviously has been kind of pretty wild for the last few months and if that continues then that's going to add a huge amount of volatility into into these customs and that I guess is part of the reason we're seeing these kind of this big market sell-off because like these plans are not only kind of been but there's just no sense of knowing exactly how much they can cost in the future and that's that's pretty damaging I think.
4: Philip, what's your sense of of how inflationary this this could be? We spoke to uh, Gerard Lyons earlier on Bloomberg Radio, uh, obviously a key economic advisor to to Liz Truss. He said that concerns uh, that cutting taxes could add to the inflation crisis are, uh, quote, utter rubbish. Uh, but uh, it's it's not conventional economic thinking, is it? That you can that you can cut taxes hugely and it does nothing to inflation.
3: W- what's what's your view on that? Yeah, it's going to put more spending power into people's pockets. Um, you know, they are going to face. You know, households are facing at, even at a two thousand five hundred pound, uh, you know, freeze in energy bills. That is that is an increase. That's double what it was um, last year. So, you know, th- it's 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 replacing that lost income. So it might not be that inflationary at the lower levels. At higher levels, um, people who are richer have a have a greater tendency to save. So um, he he might have a point. I mean, th- but I think. To say it's utter rubbish overstates it. It's it's uh, it's clearly there's going to be a lot more spending power in people's pockets now, and you know they, that that's going to surely going to push up prices.
5: Um, David, this is of course all aimed at you know creating economic growth. Um, what was the the expression out of a, a cycle of stagnation into a virtuous cycle of growth? Uh, how likely is that
6: in reality? Well, that's the big question. The kind of the big gamble at the heart of, of this budget is not not budget even, but uh, this statement is does it does it work and I mean obviously it's quite hard to make predictions now I think one mm. thing that Phil and I were talking about earlier on the desk is like this has a big impact for the BOE as well we had the Bank of England yesterday talking about their hike rate by 50 basis points and they said we're on the alert for more inflationary pressures particularly coming from demand and that line was new and that line was talking about this this what's happened today that, that we might get an increase in demand and if you look at what markets are saying they're saying an 80 percent chance now of a hundred basis point rate hike coming in november which is obviously double the pace we saw previously and what you're going to have is these these policies are aimed at at raising growth in in the uk but the boe might have to lean against that and if they have to go even quicker to to height rates to keep inflation down you're going to get this kind of weird situation where you've got the government like going full out for for growth and the boe saying no we can't have that that's going to lead to inflation being too high for too long and really pushing against that with tighter policy so yeah that feels like one big risk that that might come
5: well, you know, and, and they, of course, Quasi Kwarteng said, you know, the Bank of England's independent is sacrosanct, was the word that he used uh, in the statement. How how much can we believe that, given that these two forces will be look to be working in opposite directions now?
6: Well, I think he has to say it's sacrosanct now, because obviously you've seen the market reaction anyway. Like, if he started talking about central bank independence being diminished, then we'd get an even worse one, probably. So I think they may well do a mandate review at some point over the next year and, and that will be the point at which they they maybe water it down or, or or change it slightly. So I think basically until the moment you say it is different you have to kind of back it to the hill as as he did today.
4: Philip, what are the dangers of this all going horribly wrong? The, the, the pound's already down 18% year to date against the dollar. Uh, we've seen a massive uh, sell-off of UK government debt today. Is this is this going to is this going to float? Are we going to be
3: in trouble in, in six months' time? Uh, well, basically, this is a big gamble. I think R- Rachel Reeves put it quite well. It's casino economics. That's um, uh, the lib. Uh, a shadow chancellor. Uh, there is this is this is a big gamble. You've got uh, the UK has the second or third lowest um, debt to GDP level in the in the G seven. So we're going to use. Obviously, the plan is to use some of that to get uh, to get to try and get growth up through these you no know, supply side reforms and the low tax environment. Um, try and drag investment into the UK. Get people spending. Just boost the general levels of confidence. Um, the, the interestingly in the Treasury documents, there's there's sort of this um, this, this footnote or <coughs> this little box section where they say that the growth, um, the extra growth, could if they if we get it, could deliver an extra forty billion pounds of tax revenue. So that will offset some of the uh, forty five billion pounds of cost um, in the fifth year of the forecast um, uh, to uh, to the public finances. But the, you know, so the, so the big the big question really is that one. That's the, that question about whether these public finances are sustainable. Um, and you know, and that's going to be a judgment that we're going to probably see over the next few days that the markets take. We have lower a lower debt level than other G7 countries. Um, we are going to be borrowing more. Are we going to get this growth, which will then help to reduce the additional uh, mm. borrowing that we're going to take on? or not. And, you know, it is, it's it's a gamble. Yeah. That's no, there's nothing, there's no other way of putting it. And we'll be
5: putting the, the UK economy's uh, position in that to the test with the measures that have been promised uh, from the Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng. Thank you to you both, our UK economy reporters, David Goodman and Philip Aldrich, for your analysis on the statement from the Chancellor.
7: Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time.
1: Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time.
4: Now, let's focus on one of the announcements in the Chancellor's statement. The stamp duty threshold is being doubled from £125,000 to £250,000. Pounds, and for first-time buyers, that will rise to £425,000. Pounds. It's boosted the shares of home builders, and it comes as rising interest rates are making mortgages more expensive for many, which
5: has sparked fears of a housing market slowdown. We can discuss all of this with Giles McKay. He founded the property analytics firm HomeTrack, which he sold to Zoopla in 2017. Now he's leading the startup Upsticks, which is a digital platform for property sales. Giles, great to have you with us. What effect do you see these stamp duty changes having on the property market?
8: Um, so, Well, if we look at stamp duty uh, initiatives going back in history, there have been five or six of them since uh Stamp Duty was introduced in 2003. It, it, it does always have some kind of an effect on the marketplace uh, and, and quite often quite a significant uh, effect. But the question is, how long does that effect last? And uh, what is the uh, does it have longevity? And the interesting one here, which really relates to uh, the current initiative, is that when uh, just purely first-time buyer Stamp Duty rates were uh, changed in uh, in 2000 and, uh, and two, 2018 uh, the actual effect was was negative but everything else has worked out pretty well um, 2009 was a positive marketplace 47 percent 2015 was positive 35 percent and 2014 was a positive 35 percent so so it, it, it has worked over time a, a caveat there never been tried before when interest rates are rising so Ordinarily, you put, you put damn easy initiatives in place when the marketplace is, 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 is in a little bit of a recession. Obviously, we have something of a boom, and now we have interest rates rising and people considering there may be something of a flattening out or even a fall in the housing marketplace. And obviously, what we're aiming for here is to try and make that not happen.
4: Now, now when you when you say you talk about through the the stamp duty cuts to history and you're saying it was a positive, you're talking about house prices rising, right? So, so that's that's a, a positive in some ways if if that's the uh, the outcome you, you're going for. Uh, just going back to the latest stamp duty cut, the one during COVID, what's your view as to how effective that was in? Or how important that was in rising house prices, because we obviously had lots of other factors driving the housing market, didn't we, uh, during that
8: during the pandemic? So, so house prices were already rising at that point, and um, uh, which which they were globally. Uh, you know, you go go right across the globe, house prices rose as people effectively um, had had a view of where they want to live, which was more space. So, house prices rose across the globe. The marketplaces which rose the quickest: uh, New Zealand. Um, is, is falling the fastest. Uh, interestingly, GB was number two, and uh, we, we haven't yet had a fall. But the other marketplaces, Australia, uh, for instance, Stockholm, have all fallen have all, have all fallen quite a bit. So we've been defying gravity a little bit right now, but um, we, of course, have had very low interest rates for quite a long time, and now they're on the rise, and, and suddenly. So uh, I think, in, in order to answer your question, it did have a big effect. It probably inflated an already inflating marketplace. Did it create a bubble, which is about to burst, or is that, or is that marketplace sustainable? And I, I think uh, what we're what we're seeing right now is that actually, um, I, I, my view is that prices won't change dramatically. And I think this in- incentive that came in today would probably mean that they flatten off for a while. Uh, but we could also see we, we could also see some falls. Um-
5: I mean I'm conscious that obviously the cost of mortgages is going up dramatically and in fact the reaction in the markets to the budget announcement would seem to suggest the Bank of England is going to have to hike rates even faster than we had been expect even higher than we had been expecting uh, before today how do how do these this dynamic balance out in the markets if mortgages are going to get a lot more expensive will the stamp duty cut actually balance that out at all
8: um so they are well. They've already got a lot more expensive. I mean, you've gone from uh, you know maybe one percent in some cases to the five to six percent. So you know we're 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 really talking about a very significant increase in where they were before. But we
5: there are talks of you know the, the current rate potentially doubling from here again. So you're you know the the, pr- the proportionate increase to how much mortgages are going to cost is going to be even bigger than what's happened so far.
8: Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that happening. Um, you know, if you look if you look at the medium term yield curve for, uh, for, for, for inflation rate bonds, then uh, this lasts for a year and a half. And then they're back down to the long run average. So your, your view as to how long inflation will last is, 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 a, is a pretty good key to how long we think interest rates at this level will stay up. But, um, you know, we can we can be looking to have these interest rates up here, I would think, for at least a year and a half from now. And uh, so, but if you look back at 1992, which was the last time we really had an interest rate driven uh, event in the housing marketplace, of course, at that point in time, interest rates were raised above the level of inflation. Of course, the level of inflation we've got right, so if inflation then was about 10 or 12, 14 percent, interest rates were getting to nearly 20 percent. This time, inflation is at 10 percent and interest rates are at five, so that half the rate. So, so I think you need to take that into account uh, in the context of, of looking at that. However, the caveat there is four to five times more expensive than people have been paying before against the background of already shrinking wallets because everyone's paying cost of living increases, especially energy.
4: Just brings us up to date with how the market's been looking these last few months. You mentioned uh, some of the markets around the world which are, which are nosediving, quite frankly, New Zealand, Canada um, uh, among those. But you say we haven't really seen prices that haven't really dropped off, have they, in the last few months? And what about transaction levels? How have things been in the last few months?
8: So, uh, interestingly, if you look if you look back at transactions over, over even the last five years, uh, yeah, despite the the noise around a lot of extra transactions during COVID, uh, it, that was only effectively picking up where the transaction had fallen entirely in 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 twenty twenty. Um, the long-run average for transactions in the U.K., according to HMRC, is, is about a million transactions a year. That hasn't really varied a lot. And, in fact, uh, because not much property is put into the marketplace, actually most of those properties are sold. So long-run average remains relatively steady. And I think looking at the RACS RIC in, index, which is probably the most up-to-date index you can get to, which is Surveyor Stock, uh, for August, those stocks still look like they remain uh, relatively, relatively buoyant.
5: Is this going to, do you think, boost home building? We heard uh, med- uh, measures announced by Quasi Quartang as well, designed to ease planning regulations. Uh, is that going to help spur demand and spur more homes to be built?
8: So, um, well, of course, government tends to think that the supply side really works in the context of the housing market. The reality is you've got one and a half, two million planning consents out there sitting in the market already. What the house builders are looking for is a ready marketplace for their for their for their uh, for the properties when they're sold. They would tell you that they have a full order book going on till the middle of uh, the middle of next year. Uh, the full order book relies on 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 people who've made registrations. The question is, do a lot of those people have registrations uh, falling by the wayside as they go back to their mortgage lender and try and and try and confirm their mortgage offers? If those stay steady. The house builders will continue to uh, w- 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 will have sold into uh, the uh, into the amount of sales they've got right now. If the market remains with some demand in it, the house builders will build. If the, if the demand disappears, the house builders will stop. Because the way it works at the moment is build five, sell five. Not the way it was before 2008. We used to build a whole estate full of houses and sell them all. So a very different housing market than we had back in 2008.
4: How much do you think? this Stamp Duty cut will, will really make a difference g- given the, the big rise in interest rates, which is which is which is coming our way and has already started coming.
8: Yeah, so I think it will stabilize the market. Uh, I think we could have if you again, looking at the RCS data, you look at the latest uh, uh, data came out in August and your overall sentiment from surveyors is down, uh, down to a, a, about a zero, uh, da- down to a flat. Uh, housing marketplace over the next 12 months, and and they they seem to think there'll be about three to four percent annual growth if you look over the five-year term. I think that the stamp duty uh, change will 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 just will just cause to stabilise the marketplace, which could stop it going down below zero.
5: Okay, Giles McKay from Home or from Upsticks, uh, thank you very much for joining us for to discuss the changes to stamp duty announced by the Chancellor today and what they're going to mean uh, for the property market. Ewan, so much to digest in this announcement today. I just wanted to pick up on a thought from our opinion columnist Therese Raphael uh, that one of the things that we didn't hear very much about was the NHS, uh, which was an issue that we know has something... Very high priority given from the uh, from the Prime Minister in her original speeches, um, but no additional funding announced um, in that package. Of course, it was subject to an announcement from the Deputy Prime Minister yesterday.
4: Yeah, he didn't really mention anything on the spending side, did he? And particularly, as you say, the NHS, which has been set out as a priority of the new government, not featuring... At all today, but certainly when it comes to taxes, wow, it was uh, it was quite something, wasn't it? The biggest package of tax cuts since 1972, and some of the stuff was pre trialed Some of the stuff for yesterday we knew was going to come in the statement today, but some of the stuff we certainly didn't. So a cut to income tax for everybody, a cut to the additional rate of income tax for high earners, and those uh, big reversals of the uh, corporate tax increases. And the cuts to stamp duty, which our guest has just told us uh, should stabilize the housing market. So, a really uh, a radical uh, package of tax measures from Quasi Quartang. Uh,
5: really, uh, really quite something, Stephen. Yeah, and quite something on the markets as well. If you look at the reactions where we are just a couple of hours after the announcement uh, from Quasi Quartang, we're looking at a massive rise in the UK's borrowing costs. Uh, we've got, you know, five, we're talking about the five year uh, guilt yield topped. At one point, we saw a rise of 50 basis points, a little bit come off that. And uh, now, when we're looking but the market reaction not over and I think we'll be seeing plenty more of that as time goes ahead bets on a 100 basis point rate rise in the Bank of England now at 80% according to traders.
4: Wow that is quite something a UK government bonds really taking it on the nose today. Bloomberg UK politics listen weekdays at noon on DAB digital radio in London.
1: Hi everyone I'm Paul Anker
2: and I'm Skip Bronson